So, today we're talking on the eve of Thanksgiving, the power of Thanksgiving. No, not the day, but the act of Thanksgiving. And I'm going to show you some stuff from the Bible that ought to encourage some of you to open up a little bit and give you scriptural validation for it. Thanksgiving is powerful beyond words. It is a powerful weapon of spiritual warfare. It is not a ceremony before the main event. It has life and power in it. It releases God's power on us into our situation, and it activates the hand of God in every area of life. So Thanksgiving is not a day, it's a lifestyle for a believer. The definition of the word Thanksgiving in the Greek means expressions of grateful language to God as an act of worship, thankfulness, giving of thanks. In fact, we have to teach our children, and I hope you do, to say thank you. Yeah, we, I'm, we demanded that of our children, and now we're demanding it of the grandchildren who don't seem to get the message real clear. <laughs> Telling Chrissy what happened here in the breakdown. Anytime we give them something, do something, have something, and we know they're excited about it, I say, and what do you say? Oh, thank you. That's what I thought you said. <laughs> I was raised in the military, and so my dad— uh, he used, to, he used to say, uh, what do you say, boy? And I said, yes, sir. That's what I thought you said. He made sure. He enforced that culture of honor and respect and thanksgiving. He wasn't even a Christian, but he demanded that. Holy cow. You, I mean, you can—I guess you could be on drugs and say thank you, right? Yeah, come on, I'm gonna, I'll shake us up a little bit, right? The Thanksgiving word in the Hebrew language means expressing visible thanks or adoration to God by extending the hands in reverence, whether you are a Baptist, Episcopalian, Methodist, Assembly of God, Charismatic, whatever. He says, you extend the hands in reverence coupled with offering a sacrifice of praise through audible confessions of thanks. Why is he called a sacrifice of praise? Because it is when you don't feel like doing it. Now, I'll tell you, if you've been married 50 years or 40-something years like us, you'll do often things you don't want to do. But it's a sacrifice. And it's a sacrifice of praise, more especially precious to God, because you didn't feel good and you didn't feel much like doing it. But he says, offer him the sacrifice of praise. I'm not too sure it was a great day when he went to the cross, but he made the sacrifice so you and I could have eternal life and have something to hope for besides whatever the next administration is going to give us or the one after that. I got to have something bigger to hope for, and I do, but it came from sacrifice. I'm sorry for preaching, I do have a license, forgive me. So when you lift up your hands to God and you say, I love you, Lord, I worship you, Lord, I praise you, Lord, you are offering thanksgiving to God. Now thanksgiving is twofold. Worship is the focus of my heart towards God. Praise is the outward expression of the focus of my heart. So all through the Bible, we're exhorted to offer thanksgiving to God. Psalms 50, verse 14, 
offer unto God thanksgiving. That's a command. Thanksgiving is a vital key in releasing the power of God in your life. It is the most powerful weapon of spiritual warfare. When thanksgiving is released from you to God, it activates His power, His anointing. It's released to come to you and bring victory in any area of your life. His activated power, called the anointing, will destroy every single yoke and remove every burden. Somebody shout amen. Come on, I'm going to tell you, some of you got some yokes on you, big as two horses hooked together. And God wants to bring about a yoke-destroying anointing, and I'm going to show you how in just a minute. Listen to Isaiah. If you're from Europe, Isaiah. Isaiah 10, verse 27. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Now, if you walk in a room totally dark and you need some light, you turn a light switch and you flip it to on, immediately a surge of electricity is activated that brings power to the appropriate outlets in that room. That produces internal light demanded by you when you turn the switch to on. Well, the same thing occurs in the realm of God's Spirit when you offer thanksgiving to God. Thanksgiving is the switch that activates the power of God and releases God's anointing upon you and in your situation. Hang on, it gets worse in a good way. Even though God designed us to worship and designed worship and thanksgiving as an instrument that releases His power into our lives, He won't make you. And for some of you, I guess you ought to be glad, because you're like a wooden Indian. You won't, you won't do anything. So he says, you willingly offer thanksgiving to God. Leviticus 22, verse 29, and when you offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord, offer it at your own will. It's not coercion, it's just from your heart. So thanksgiving always begins first in the heart. So if you're experiencing heaviness, oppression, depression in your life right now, start to offer thanksgiving to God, and when you do it, it brings God's power on the scene to annihilate that burden of heaviness. God will cloak you with His garment of peace and tranquility that is activated by praise. Listen to Isaiah 61, 13, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion to give unto them the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You want to knock that heaviness out of the park? Then learn to do what God said. Lord, I thank you. I know what the doctor said, but I thank you. You raised the dead. I thank you by your stripes I'm healed. I thank you nothing's too hard for you. I rebuke all fear. I thank you you're with me now. It didn't catch you by surprise. I praise you for your yoke-destroying anointing and power to bring healing and wholeness into my body right now. Thank you, Jesus. I I am your child. It's either that or suck your thumb and go into panic. Well, you, and you call 12 people and tell them about the diagnosis. Describe the giant. Describe the burden. Jesus never said, describe the mountain. He said, speak to it. Speak to it. And so when we put on that garment of praise, that heaviness starts lifting. You start feeling, I got backup around me. I've got, I've got more security around me than the President of the United States. And I'm activating it by what God says, by my thanksgiving to Him. I'm just so grateful for who He is and what He is. So, remember, 
Thanksgiving is worship designed by God for a believer to be expressed to Him through our lives. It gives Him access to move in our life. When Thanksgiving is released from you to God, it activates God. His power, His anointing is released to come in and aid and bring me total victory. The anointing will destroy the yoke and remove the burden of heaviness, oppression, and depression. Now look at Isaiah again, 61, verse 1 through 3. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captive, to release from darkness for prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Now, in verse 1 through 3, the reference is to God anointing Jesus Christ with the power of the Holy Spirit for a specific purpose to destroy the works of the devil and annihilate his power in and over our lives. Furthermore, in Isaiah 61, 3, Jesus, who's been anointed by God with the Holy Spirit's power, gives to us something, and one of the things He gives us is thanksgiving, the ability to release praise to God, to activate God's anointing, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, watch it, to give unto them beauty for ashes, to give unto them the oil of joy for mourning, to give unto them the garment of praise, to rebuke the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He might be glorified. So learn to stand upright on your feet and start praising God. If you can learn how to cuss, you can learn how to praise. It's about, how about some real talk? You can do this. You may, well, I'm not comfortable doing that. Well, you have to learn. And maybe you weren't in an environment where we, you know, I get good news comes in or, or bad news. We grab hands if we're in the car or you're in the kitchen and it comes by phone. Many times you can tap dance, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you are so good. I feel so unworthy, but thank you for your goodness, for that great report. I cannot thank you enough. If somebody is offended by that, you need a new friend. And when bad news comes, Lord, I thank you that this, this uh, weapon of the enemy shall not prosper. I thank you you are for me, not against me. I thank you you've given me the power to bind and to loose and to rebuke the adversary. I start thanking him. Either way, I'm thanking him. I'm praising him. So people in trouble, as I'm going to show you in the Bible in a minute, learn to do that. God stepped in and annihilated the enemy. Now, this is not that hard. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to learn how to praise and thank, thank God and learn to do it audibly, just, just like something bad happens and some of you immediately go to four-letter words, where you can immediately go to some praise-letter words, too, just about as easy, right? I know. I know. So stand upright on your feet, learn to do it, and start praising God. Offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving unto God so that He can have access and come on the scene and annihilate the plan of the enemy intended against you. The plan of the devil is always to destroy you. He doesn't mean you good in any area of life. Scripture says He came to steal, 
kill, and destroy in any area of your life that he can. Jesus came to stop him. 1 John 3, 8 says, for this reason the Son of God was manifested to destroy the work of the devil. So stop the enemy dead in his track. Paralyze him and make him immobile in any area of your life under attack through releasing thanksgiving to God. Thanksgiving activates God's power, and God's power immobilizes the enemy. Colossians 4. Verse 2, this is the Amplified Bible. Be earnest and unwearied and steadfast in your prayer life with thanksgiving. So when you make that request to God, finish it by thanking Him. Thank Him. Well, well I hadn't got thank Him anyway. Th he's telling me how to do it. So in my petition to Him, in my prayer to Him, Thank you, Lord, you're hearing me now. Thank you, your best intentions are for my life. Whether I understand what's going on or not, I trust you. I thank you, Lord, you're for me. He, he's worthy of this. He's a good father. He doesn't, he doesn't do his children wrong at all, but it involves trust. It's like getting your little kid to jump off the pool into your arms as daddy or mom, in which case, and boy, it's tough that first time for him to really believe you're going to catch him, right? And then pretty soon they just jump. And then you got to watch all the time because they'll just jump if you're not ready because they trust you. Well, how much more can we trust God? Thanksgiving is a weapon of war. Thanksgiving is worship and action in the form of visible praise to God. So Thanksgiving is released praise unto God. When praise is released to God in the midst of your warfare, it brings God onto the scene. And when praise is released, God is in the middle of that battle with you, whether you're in the middle of a battle or whatever situation you may face. What do you, how do you know? Rick, Psalms 22 says that God inhabits the praises of His people. So you build that atmosphere, He inhabits it. Now some of you don't build a lean-to. I'm serious. If it gets you open your mouth, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. Well, I'm, I'm a, I was a Baptist, or I was a, a Catholic, or I, well, I'm not used to doing that. He inhabits the praises of His people. If there are no praises to inhabit, you just fighting alone. So you give Him something to inhabit. That's why when we come together corporately in here, before I get up to share God's Word, and our praise team and everybody else is ecstatic, you don't stand there as an observer or a spectator. You are the only spectator is God. And when He sees the worship and He sees thanksgiving and praise, He inhabits it. He brings His presence right into it. Anything can happen, boy, and it probably will. You can get a miracle without somebody in a white suit and an organ playing hallelujah, hallelujah, four hours. It can just happen in the middle of, of praise. They annoy, many times some people have had some incredible things happen to them. It's right. He's right there with you. He inhabits the praise. Give him something to inhabit. This is not supposed to be a quiet time when we're thanking God. We're praising. It's noisy. You read Revelation and it's the sound of thunder waters, the multitude praising God. Somebody said, well, you know, I came out of a different church. Yeah, well, I came out of one, too. What a wreck. Sorry. But it's noisy, and it's a good noise. It's a good noise, and it sounds good to God. God loves a noisy house. And I do, too. I preach better when a noisy house. All right, now, I realize this is not how you go into a corporation. I understand that. But this is the kingdom of God. 
this is the family of God, and so this is our culture, and this is our atmosphere, and so you, you turn it loose, baby, let it rick. I know some of you can, can really get wild. I'd like you to, you know, maybe I can't get a giant leap of faith out of you, but a hop would be nice once in a while. <laughs> Try it. Stretch a little bit. So when Almighty God comes on the scene in the midst of battle, He literally stops, paralyzes, stills the enemy dead in his track. See, praise brings God's strength on the scene in our defense. And when God is present, I assure you, no enemy can stand against Him in battle. Psalms 8, verse 2 says, Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that you might still, or quiet, subdue the enemy and the avenger. Notice it says first, out of the mouth of. It implies that strength is ordained to bring the enemy's work to a stop comes out of our mouth. That strength comes out of our mouth, and it comes out in the form of praise. That word to still the enemy comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat, which means to cause to cease, to make fail, to suffer the enemy's strategy to fail against you, to put away, to put down, to rid, and to take away. So when you offer thanksgiving through expressions of praise in the midst of an attack from the enemy, literally it paralyzes him and causes his plans to fail completely. Let me show you. Here's how it's translated, again, Psalms 8, verse 2, out of the mouth of babes and unweaned infants you have established strength because of your foes. Matthew now quotes that very verse in Matthew 21, 16. Have you never read, out of the mouth of babes and unweaned infants you, God, have provided praise? So strength comes out of praise, which comes out of your mouth. So the Lord established praise, or thanksgiving, for a specific purpose, and that purpose is for strength. Strength for us, His children, as a way we can put a stop to the attack of the enemy in our lives. So when we offer thanksgiving to God, it releases God's power in our situation and activates the hand of God on our behalf. Now remember, Thanksgiving was designed by God as a means of activating His yoke-destroying, burden-removing, anointing power. And when God's anointing power is released, it destroys all the works of the enemy guaranteed. For this purpose was the Son of God manifested that He might destroy the works of the enemy. Anything under the feet of Jesus has no legal right to be over my head. It doesn't, but you need to know that. Truth makes you free, makes you miserable first, but it makes you free. It really does. Watch this, Jehoshaphat, that's King Jehoshaphat and all of Judah, learned firsthand the importance of offering thanksgiving to God right in the midst of battle. Their praise to God brought God's power on the scene to their defense, and the end result was total victory. When Jehoshaphat and all of Judah went out to battle the enemy, they went out with praise, and praise brought them victory. This is in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, beginning in verse 20. And they rose early in the morning and went out. And when King Jehoshaphat had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army, they said, Praise the Lord, for His mercy endures forever. 
And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushments against all their enemies, and they were smitten. Jehoshaphat and all of Judah did not have to physically engage in battle with the enemy. God fought the battle for them. Verse 17, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, God says, you shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Now notice they had a vital role to play in this battle. It says in verse 17, when God told them they wouldn't have to fight in the battle, He also says to them, go out against them. God was giving them specific instructions spiritually of how to win the battle they were up against. He told them how to engage in spiritual warfare with spiritual weapons. True enough, they didn't have to engage in physical combat, but they did have to engage in spiritual battle. Ephesians 6 tells us we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, natural things, but against principalities, powers, and rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. So God's armor is always spiritual because God is a spirit, and the enemy is also a spirit, and they both work through physical people, things, right? So we're fighting a spiritual power behind what we see happening in the natural. So first he exhorts them, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Fear is a spirit. 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a disciplined, sound mind. So that's a demonic spirit, and you have every right to rebuke it. And we all feel it. It attacks everybody. Fear is the opposite of faith, and you can't fear if you're going to win a battle against your enemy. Faith moves God. Fear moves the devil. Hebrews 11:6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Secondly, he told him to go out against the enemy. You can't run from your enemy. You run at your enemy. You said, go ahead, make my day. That's shocking to the enemy because most people cow in fear and run. You know, even a bully is a bit shocked when you stand against him. They're not looking for that. They've been living on intimidation. All the men of Israel except David ran from Goliath. It says in 1 Samuel 17, 24, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the giant, fled from him and were terrified. David, however, it says, ran towards his enemy and prevailed over him and slew him. Jehoshaphat and all of Judah went forth into battle, releasing thanksgiving as the most powerful weapon of war. Here we go again, 2 Chronicles 20, verse 22 through 24 in the Amplified. And when they, Jehoshaphat and all of Judah, began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against their enemy, the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come up against Judah, and they were self slaughtered. For suspecting betrayal, the men of Ammon and Moab rose up against those of Mount Seir, utterly destroying them. And when they had made an end of the men of Seir, they all began to destroy one another. And when Judah came to the watchtower of the wilderness, they looked at the multitude, and behold, they were all dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none of the enemy had escaped. 
And what had they done in combat? They thanksgiving and praise to God. That's how they won the battle. Now, Paul writes in Corinthians that everything that happened in the Old Testament was written for our encouragement and instruction. So, God's trying to show us how, how we can overcome by giving us illustrations from past history. So, this is essential. Praise caused the enemies to turn from pursuing Israel and to turn on themselves and to slaughter one another. Your praise brings confusion to the enemy, so they turn on each other. Thanksgiving is an essential ingredient to releasing the power of God. Thanksgiving is also an essential ingredient necessary to unleash answers to your prayer. Philippians 4, verse 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known unto God. So after you make your request known to God through prayer, offer Him thanksgiving unceasingly for it. Thank you, Lord, you're going to turn my child from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God. Thank you, Lord, the seed of the righteous shall inherit the earth. They shall be mighty in the land. I thank you. Your hand is upon this child. The enemy will be thwarted in his attempt to wreck their life. I'm, thank you, Lord. You're a covenant-keeping God. Thank you, Lord, for answered prayer. Thank you. No weapon formed against that child can prosper. I thank you they're covered in the blood of Jesus. The angels of God encamp around them. I start thanking him. You know, I, our kids didn't grow up glowing in the dark either. It'll make you, boy, it'll turn you gray, and it'll make you pray, or cuss, and I'd rather you pray. I'm, I'm just serious, because this is what real life is about. You learned to make the request, not tell God what you need, what you want, what you want Him to do, and then start thanking Him. A lot of you can talk to God and tell Him what you want, but you never thank Him. You don't, I mean, well, thank you. I mean, come put it out there. Brag on him. He loves that. Magnify the Lord. Magna make him bigger. He's bigger than anything else. Make him bigger than your problem. See your problem through the greatness of God, and it looks pretty small. It looks pretty small. So after you've made that request, give him thanksgiving unceasingly. Thanksgiving brings the visible, tangible, manifested answer to your prayer. Watch Paul and Silas. They discover firsthand how God's yoke-destroying, burden-removing anointing power is activated through thanksgiving. After being stripped and beaten for preaching the gospel, they are now thrown into prison. This is Acts chapter 16. But about midnight, as Paul and Silas were trying to get an ACLU lawyer, because they were Roman citizens, beaten unjustly. But about midnight, as Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the very foundation of the prisons were shaken, and at once all the doors were opened, and everyone's shackles were unfastened. Their prayers, coupled with the expression of thanksgiving, 
praise brought total deliverance, not just to Paul and Silas, but it affected all the prisoners, as well as the warden of the prisoner who became a believer and took Paul and Silas home and said, I don't know much about the Jesus you're preaching, but if he can do this, come on home and tell my family about it. And he won the whole family, and that's at midnight. After being beaten unjustly, they sang praise to God. So thanksgiving—and by the way, you're not more important than any apostle, right? If, if Paul did it, who are you? Well, I'm Catholic. Well, get over it. <laughs> well, I'm a Lutheran. Well, I say again, are you a Christian? I'm just reading Scripture. It's in your Bible, my Bible, everybody's Bible. Knock off this separation and classification nonsense. God just has one people. If you come to Jesus, He has one body, one people. He doesn't have all these divisions. We are such a divided nation. But in here, in the kingdom of God, we're one. We're supposed to be. And what makes us one is Jesus. It ain't, it ain't the same taste in food. It's not the same taste in music. Not the same taste in style. It's not the same view on every, every issue. How could you stay married if you had to agree on everything? You can't. It's not possible. So we're centered around Jesus and Him crucified and raised from the dead. And He gives me a new heart and a new nature. And I want to see people like He sees them. I don't want to see Him like my group sees them, or my nationality sees them, or my religious group sees them. They don't see like Jesus. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't marginalize anybody. You know, you just, you parents have to enforce this. And you have to hear it over and over and over and over and over again to change the thinking of a man. You renew the mind. And you can't do it by hearing it one time. It's got to be over and over, like something I don't even use. Crest has been shown to be an effective decay preventing dentifrice when used in a conscientious manner, power of oral hygiene, regular professional care. I have heard that a million times, and I don't even use Crest. <laughs> it's right there. You got to get into mind. As a man thinks, so is he. So you got to get that mind renewed by what God said, not what you feel, not what somebody else said. What did God say? So thanksgiving is the link to the anointing power of God, no matter what situation you might be experiencing today. If you will start to release thanksgiving to God and praise from your heart, you activate also God's yoke-destroying, burden-removing, anointing prayer. And when God's anointing power is released, it comes to your aid. It smashes that situation of distress, oppression to smithereens. Now, excuse me, but if you haven't done that, don't deny that. Don't, don't knock it if you hadn't tried it. And for some of you, what have you got to lose? Give it a shot. You're not out of your pit. Nothing's gotten better. And if you're a believer, why don't you do what God said? Read the instructions. He tells me, how simple is that? Now, I have to—the more I do it, the more comfortable I get doing it, and the more easy it is to do it. But thanking Him all the time, every day there's a chance to thank Him for something. I mean, uh, uh, you know, Bobby Davis down here with his motor scooter, Evil Knievel down here, <laughs> fell off a ladder that he shouldn't have been on, and, uh, and you know— busted his foot and then busted his arm, and, and so he's got to ride this motor scooter for about six weeks. But then when he went to get the x-rays, the first time they heard, all, oh, oh, we're going to have to have surgery, we're going to have to put pins in, and you're going to be—and it's just got worse. 
And then when he went to an orthopedic specialist, and specialist, he looked at the MRI and the pictures and said, no, the bones look straight. I don't think we need to do any surgery. Let's just immobilize them, and they'll heal naturally. So I thought, well, out of a lousy, crummy day, one wheel gone, one arm gone, you don't have to have surgery. How do you thank God? What could have been even worse is pretty good. And I'm going to be well, and I'm not going to have to pay the doctor and the anesthesiologist and to go through getting ripped up, cut up, and pinned up. Well, I'd, I'd be thanking the Lord if I'd fallen off that ladder. Of course, I have enough sense not to go up on that ladder, because <laughs> my wife won't let me. I fell off once, too. I didn't break anything, but that was the end of my ladder climbing over six feet. That was it. Yeah. You know, when you get, when you get older, you just don't heal good. Any old men out there can agree with that? You just, or old women, yeah, you just don't heal good. Boy, when you're young, you can break anything and keep running. It doesn't seem to matter. So I just learned to do that as an expression. You know, no matter what the bad news is, I, th- I give him praise and thanksgiving after that prayer, and I quote Scripture to him. You can learn to do this. You must. You just must. I heard the testimony, let me close, of a pastor's wife who had been called to the home to pray for a young baby who was having convulsions and seizures. She and a couple of the ladies accompanying her began to pray fervently and aggressively, binding and rebuking the power of darkness over that child. But the child's condition didn't get better, and it seemed maybe a little worse. She said she heard the Lord say in her spirit, start to praise and worship me with thanksgiving. So softly, she began to offer thanksgiving to God. Gradually, the other ladies joined in. She said immediately, the convulsions and seizures stopped. When they noticed the baby had calmed down, they all stopped worshiping and praising God. Suddenly, the small infant began to go into convulsions and seizures again and again. She said she heard the Lord say, praise and worship me, offering thanksgiving. So once again, they all began to offer thanksgiving to God, and again, the convulsions and seizures stopped. But this time, instead of stopping when the baby's condition appeared stable, they continued right on giving thanksgiving. And for a good period of time, they now noticed the baby is sound asleep. And through the power of thanksgiving, she said, God completely healed and delivered that young baby, and it never experienced another attack from that day. Shout amen, somebody. You know, if what you're doing isn't working, try what God said. Thanksgiving is powerful, and it releases God's power in your life. Keep Thanksgiving alive every single day of your life. It's crucial to experiencing God's power and anointing in every situation of your life. Marriage, relationships, business, finance, health, and healing. Begin to live a life of thanksgiving. Starting Even when I heard the other day, one of, one of my friends passed away, I just said, Lord, I I'm older than that person. Thank you. Thank you for good health. Thank you you've kept me alive. Thank you by your stripes I'm healed. Yeah, there's no, I'm not any better than anybody else. Thank you for, for your mercy. Uh, I can look back through my life some 72 years, and I can see where I could have lost my life and deserved it. But God didn't. He, he kept me alive. There's just so much always to thank Him for. So when you gather around that slain turkey Thursday, and every other day, 
you offer that sacrifice of praise to God. If you've got a family that's together, if you've had a great uh, healing and reversal, you've had unemployment, now something's come to give you some gainful employment. You Don't you be embarrassed to talk about how good He is and how thankful He is. People are listening, and people need a lot of encouragement today. And you thank God. You thank Him continuously, because no matter what you're in, it could be a lot worse, huh? Start to live a life of thanksgiving today. Okay, now we're going to do something together. Now, I can go extemporaneously for an hour just talking about Scriptures uh, over the years. I realize that. Lord, I, I thank You uh, that the seed of the righteous will inherit the earth. Uh, I thank You. Great is the peace of my children. They are taught. I can just go on and on and on because I've just uh, been immersed with Scripture, okay? And thanking Him for so many. But if you haven't done it, why don't you just pick a psalm? Uh, I've picked Psalms 30. It's called A Prayer of Thanksgiving. How many of you can read? Thank you. Okay, unless you're uh, ill or infirmed, or you have, like Bobby, you've got a broken wheel, stand up. You're going to do something with me. We're going we're gonna to do something after this message. We're going to read a psalm of praise in unison. It's giving thanks to God, right? And so I'm trying to show you some simple ways you could do that. This is Psalms 30. It's on the overhead, big print. So I want to read it together. I read, I'll read, I'm a good reader. I read nice and slow, stay with me, and say it out loud. Here we go. I praise you, Lord, because you saved me and kept my enemies from gloating over me. I cried to you for help, O Lord my God, and you healed me. You kept me from the grave. I was on my way to the depths below, but you restored my life. Sing praise to the Lord, all His faithful people. Remember what the Holy One has done, and give Him thanks. His anger lasts only a moment, His goodness for a lifetime. Tears may flow in the night, but joy comes in the morning. I felt secure and said to myself, I will never be defeated. You were good to me, Lord. You protected me like a mountain fortress, and then you hid yourself from me, and I was afraid. I called to you, Lord. I begged for your help. What will you gain from my death? What profit from my going to the grave? Are dead people able to praise you? Can they proclaim your unfailing goodness? Hear me, Lord, and be merciful. Help me, Lord. You have changed my sadness into a joyful dance. You have taken away my sorrow and surrounded me with joy. So I will not be silent. I will sing praise to you. Lord, you are my God. I will give you thanks forever. Shout amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's a good one. And you can, you can praise Him right out of Scripture. And He loves it. Brag on. Everybody loves to be bragged on. How much more a God who can do anything but fail? 
Learn to praise Him and brag on Him incessantly. It'll get you out of a bad situation. It'll, it'll overthrow something that's against you. And it's not one time, it's daily. It's every time that sucker comes up, you, you open that mouth and let it rip. You let it rip with Scripture. You let it rip with thanksgiving. You assault the enemy. How do you know when to quit, Rick, on that one? When it's broken. When it's gone. When it happens. Right? And then I just, then you switch over to something else. By the way, as long as you live in this world, there'll be something to overcome. There'll be something working against you. That's the way it is. In this life, Jesus said, you'll have some tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So, you know, I know in a bar they say cheers. We in the church ought to say cheers. He's overcome my situation. I'm going to see this thing manifested in my life. I'm going over, not under. That's it. And so are you. You're going to see God do some great things. For more information on Summit Christian Center and Rick Godwin, visit SummitSA.com and connect with us on social media.